0: you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. My name is Jeff. Again, if you're just tuning in, we're Two Cities Church, and we are now at week six of a study through the prophet Amos, the words of the prophet Amos from the Old Testament. Now, if you were with us last week, I challenged us, challenged everybody. If you live in a city where there isn't perfect justice then would you become a voice to just try to make a little bit of difference, just one step of difference in your city? And by the way, even if you weren't here last week, I don't need to remind you that there is no such thing as a perfect city because there are no perfect people. And when there is no perfect people, there's no such thing as perfect justice. It doesn't matter where you live. Well, today I want to take that idea and I want to make it one step further. Because for the children of God, this is us watching this stream today, who call Jesus our king, you have been adopted into the family of God. And what you're going to hear from the prophet Amos today is the heart of the father as he speaks to his children. And I think if you listen closely, you can almost hear his voice quiver with heartbreak as he talks to his children. Because he's saying to them, I adopted you into my family, and I called you to be my sons and daughters, and I wanted you to make an impact in your neighborhood. Ever since I called the first of my children, ever since I called Abraham, our father in the faith, and ever since I said to him, Abraham, I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth through you, Israel, I called you to myself, and I called you my children, and Israel, I wanted you to be a blessing to the nations around you. But instead of being a blessing to them, instead of being my representative to them, instead of being my voice to the nations around you, Israel, you broke my heart because you became just like them. In fact, Israel, you became worse than them. And what I wanted to do in you, Israel, what I wanted to do through you, 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 you weren't listening because you were so busy acting just like all of those foreign nations around you. And I really believe God does want to bring his kingdom onto earth and he wants to do it through his church. I really strongly believe in a mighty church that can make a world of difference. In fact, I'll show it to you in these words. This is where I am going with this sermon today. Here it is. You can write this down if you want. One step forward. When God's people just make one simple step forward. I believe God meets them when they take that step forward. I believe the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God works through them when they take that step forward. And I really believe that it can change the world. I hope you believe it too. I believe that 50 people, just 50, with the passion for people that are far from Jesus and 50 people with the power of the Holy Spirit can accomplish more than 50,000 without. And today, what you see from the prophet Amos is what God wants to do or had tried to do through his people, but they weren't interested because they were so focused on what was happening around them and the way that the nations around them that were living that they were no longer passionate for the glory of God and they started to live for their own glory. I get this directly from Amos chapter 6 verse 12 today because here's how God describes the what this mighty group of, of men and women in ancient Israel could have been. It says, does, do horses gallop on the cliffs and does anyone plow there with oxen? Yet you have turned justice, look at this, into poison. The fruit of righteousness into wormwood. That word wormwood is another form of poison. I wanted to do justice through you, Israel. But you were so focused on living like everybody else around you that I couldn't because you lost your passion for people far from Jesus and you lost the power of the Holy Spirit when you started to live in your own power. So now what we're going to do in Amos chapter 6 today is kind of a laboratory experiment. We're going to work our way through this chapter in the prophet Amos. And we're going to see what happens when this goes backwards. What happens when God's people stop seeing their real place on planet earth, what God really wants to do through his people. And they start to look at what they want, start to live for their own glory. And instead of asking, why not me? God, I'm ready to take one step forward. Would you meet me? And would you make a world of difference through me? Instead of asking why not me, they start asking a couple of different questions. And these questions radically change Israel's future. And I hope that you can see this in your own heart. When you start to ask these questions, when you start to live this way, it's going to change your future too. So here's question number one. Well, here's statement that they, number one that they make. They first say, not me. Say that out loud. They say, not me, God. It's not my problem. What's happening around me is not my problem. And this is the spiritual condition of complacency. So we're going to start in Amos chapter 6, verse 1. And you can just hear how at ease, how passive, how complacent God's people become in their own neighborhood. Amos chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It goes like this. Woe. To those who are at ease in Zion. And to those who feel secure in the hill of Samaria. The notable people in the first of the nations. Pay close attention to that word. The first. Uh, when he says the first of my people or the first of the nations. Those, of the house, those the house of Israel comes to. Look at what he says next. Cross over to Kelna and see. Go from there to Hamath. And then while you're at it, go down to Gap of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms? Is their territory larger than yours? You dismiss any thought of the evil day and bring in a reign of violence. You're so complacent that you can't even see it's coming. They lie on beds inlaid with ivory. Sprawl out on their couches and dine on lambs from the flock and calves from the stall. They improvise songs to the sound of the harps and invent their own musical instruments like David. They drink wine by the bowlful and anoint themselves with the finest oils. Look it right up on the screens. But they do not grieve over the ruin of their own people, over the ruin of Joseph. Their hearts have become so hard that they can't grieve anymore. Therefore... They will go now, they will now go into exile as the first of the captives. You were the first of the nations, now you're going to be the first of the captives. And the feasting of those who sprawl out will come to an end. There's a military command in the US military it's the command of at ease. And when you have soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines in a formation and they're all standing there and they're ready to respond to the next command, they're generally at the position of attention. When you want them to let their guard down, when you want them to take a break, when you want them to just chill for a little bit, you would put a formation, a group of warriors at ease. The word at ease that is being used in the Bible is a really, really important word. Sometimes being at ease in the right circumstances is a good thing. You can see up there on the screens. Sometimes at ease means that you're secure. Sometimes at ease means that you're peaceful. But that's not the way Amos is using that word. Sometimes being at ease in the wrong circumstances is a really bad thing. And sometimes being at ease means that you're complacent. Sometimes being at ease means that you stopped caring. And I really believe what Amos is saying is, Israel, you should have been at attention, waiting for the next command from your father, waiting to hear from God, but you weren't. You were at ease. And if you were to just look naturally at Amos chapter 6, you can see why they're at ease. You can see what, that, what started to substitute for the voice of God in Israel. And it was ultimately their bank account. They started laying down on really rich furniture, sleeping on beds of ivory. And they were trusting in their wealth and in their bank account more than they were trusting in the powerful hand of the Holy Spirit. And God says, that whole bank account is going to evaporate. You're going to go from trusting in your bank account to bankrupt real quick. And Israel, you were sprawled out on your bed. The word sprawled out. Get this, y'all is the phrase that you would use for somebody who didn't come home tired from work and fell into the sofa or into the bed exhausted. It's the word for somebody who got so drunk that they passed out. Israel, you were so drunk with your sin and the sins around you that you passed out and you couldn't hear my voice anymore. Israel... You were sprawled out on your bed and you dismissed any thought that anything bad can happen to you. And if you don't believe it, God says, I want you to go to these three powerful cities in your land. Go to Kalna, go to Hamath, go to Gath and see what I did there. And if I can do it to those cities, Israel, I can do this to you as well. There's a public restroom that I use sometimes and the public restroom stinks I mean, it just smells like urine. If you were to look around, I, uh, sometimes I'm the only one in there, so I'm flushing all of the stalls. I'm trying to figure out what on earth does this smell come from because it smells dirty in here. And here's what I've noticed over the past several weeks. The people who do, uh, who do some cleaning in the restrooms, I think they realize that it stinks. I'm not exaggerating when I make this up. And so instead of fixing the problem, what they've started to do is leave the doors to the restroom open. So that when you go in there, now you don't notice how bad the smell is because it's not all cooped up in one area. And I can't help but think to myself, instead of trying to spray some air freshener, instead of trying to open the doors and air it out, why don't we just clean up the bathroom so that it doesn't stink anymore? And I think what God is saying is, Israel, your land reeks because it's dirty. And what you're trying to do through your bank account and through your, um, the, your foreign pagan lifestyle is you're trying to spray some air freshener, you're trying to leave the doors open, and you're trying to make it better, but it, it stinks. And until you treat the problem, that smell is always gonna be there. And God is saying, Israel, I want you to stop trying to mask the smell. And I want you to, l- to learn to me And to lean on me, and I will fix the smell. I will make it better. Please look up here for a second. I believe God is calling all of His children to be at attention and to hear from Him. And I believe what God really wants from us today is to not be embarrassed not to be ashamed about it or to try to hide anything from him and to try to mask the smell and act like it's not that bad. It's not me, God. Instead of acting like that, I really believe what God wants us to do is to run to him with the problem and to open our hearts up to him and say, here it is, Father, I'm a mess. I've got problems in my life. These are my problems. They're not somebody else's problem. And it's ultimately my heart that's the problem. And when we're willing to say that, God says, good, now we can get some work done. Because now I can really use my spirit to work on the problems in your life, to work in you first, and to work through you second. But as long as you hide it, as long as you try to mask it, as long as you try to act like it's not me, it's not my problem... As long as you act like that, there is no power. There's no way that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to work through you. So the first, and the uh, one of the biggest problems in Israel is that they're claiming, "Not me, not my, not my problem, God, not my my problem." But there's really only one thing I can think of that would be worse spiritually than saying, "Not my problem," and that is to say. It's not my fault. You see, Israel goes from saying, it's not me. It's not my problem. To who me? It's not my fault, God. It's somebody else's fault. And this is no longer the problem of complacency. Now we've crossed over to the problem of pride. You guys know this statement. What goes before the fall? Pride. Pride. is dangerous to you. Pride is dangerous to everyone around you. And we're going to see just how dangerous pride is. We're going to see just how the father feels about pride from Amos chapter 6. Because listen to what God says next to his proud, arrogant, spiritually haughty children. Amos chapter 6, picking up now in verse 8. The Lord God has sworn by himself. And by the way, there's nothing bigger than I can swear by. So when I swear by myself, this is as big as it gets. The Lord God has sworn by himself. And this is the declaration of the Lord, the God of armies. Look at this word. I loathe Jacob's pride. Jacob is another name for Israel. Loathe means I'm getting sick to my stomach, Israel, when I think about your pride. It is making me nauseous right now. And just to make sure that they don't miss what God is trying to say, I hate his citadels. So here's what I'm going to do. I will hand over the city and everything in it. If there are 10 men left in one house... They will die. A close relative and a burner uh, will remove his corpse from the house. He will call to someone in the inner recesses of the house, Any more with you? And the person will reply, None. And then he will say, Silence. Because the Lord's name must not be invoked. This has become so bad that we won't even mention God's name anymore. It's obvious this is the hand of God against his people. Silence, because the Lord's name must not be invoked. For the Lord commands, the large house will be smashed to pieces and the small house to rubble. Do horses gallop on cliffs? Does anyone plow there with oxen? Israel, I wanted you to be faster than horses and I wanted you to be stronger than oxen, but you weren't listening. Yet you trusted in, you, you have turned justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. And here's how you did it. You rejoiced over Lodabar. Look at the letter D in Lodabar, because this is really important. You rejoiced over Lodabar. And say, Didn't we capture Carnain for ourselves and by our own strength? But look, God says. I'm raising up a nation against you, Israel. You thought it was your nation and your power that won this prize city in war. But it was actually me working through you. Because you got so proud, I'm now going to work against you. And I'm going to raise up a nation against you, my sons and daughters, the house of Israel. This is the declaration of the Lord, the God of armies. They will oppress you from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Of the Arabah. Israel did this classic move that people have been doing for thousands of years. Unfortunately, God's people have been doing for thousands of years. They looked around them. And they started to put the blame for what was happening around them on somebody else. They said, it's, it's not me. And what they really started to do is they started to rationalize sin. They started to look for someone else to put the blame on. It can't be my fault. It must be the fault of the government. If we had a better government, we wouldn't be in these the situation that we're in. Or maybe it's not the government's fault. Maybe it's the other political party's fault. It's their fault that we're in this situation. Or maybe it's big business. It's their fault that things are the way they are. And as long as they were looking outside of themselves, look right here, they could not see inside themselves to see their own faults and their own problems and their own mistakes and their own failures Jesus said it this way, when you are so proud that you can't see the speck in your own eye, all you can see is the log, or you can't see the speck in your brother's eye, a very tiny splinter in someone else's eye, but you're so proud you can't even see the log in your own eye. And pride is dangerous. It's dangerous to you. It's dangerous to everyone around you. But spiritual pride is exceptionally dangerous look up here and lean in for just a second if you're watching at home i need you to tune everything else out and i need you to focus on me for just a second because what spiritual pride does is it says god the problems that i'm going through are not my fault They're other people's fault. Or sometimes spiritual pride will get even worse and it will say, God, it's your fault that things are the way they are. And let me tell you what spiritual pride will cost you. First, spiritual pride will cost you experiencing God's grace. Because God's grace comes when you say, God, I am a mess. God, I need you. God, will you forgive me? Because of the mess that I've made. And it takes humility to be willing to be that vulnerable, that humble before God. But spiritual pride will also take you a step further. It will not only cost you experiencing God's grace. It will cost you experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. Because now you're trying to fix your problems in your own power. Instead of allowing God's Spirit to give you the power that you need to handle what you're going through. Spiritual, prou- power is lit- or spiritual pride is sawing the branch that you're sitting on off and you're gonna come crashing to the ground. The language that the Bible uses when it talks about pride is using the wrong measuring tape. Say that you're working in your wood shop or you're working in your home and you need a board that's half a meter long. And so you take out the tape measure and you got a board left and you try to decide, is this board half a meter long? But the board isn't half a meter long. It doesn't measure up. And so spiritual pride says, there's something wrong with the tape measure. Get rid of the tape measure. I need a half a meter board and I know this board must be half a meter. So I'm going to get a different tape measure. I'm going to get a tape measure that tells me what I want it to tell me instead of telling me. The truth. And people all over the world do this every day when they look in the mirror. And they cannot see that there's a problem inside of them because they are so focused on what they see around them. It can't be my fault. Because it's got to be my neighbor's fault. It can't be my fault. It's the government's fault. Or it's my boss's fault. Or it's my professor's fault. It's somebody else's fault. And that very idea starts to saw the branch off that you're sitting on. See, God's people made two fundamental mistakes. And I'm praying that Two Cities Church doesn't make these mistakes in Amos chapter 6. The first mistake is they ask, who me? It's not my fault or not me it's not my problem and as long as you're asking who me or as long as you're saying not me not my fault not my problem you cannot get to the point two cities church and I believe every church of the Lord Jesus Christ is called to when they look around them and they see the problems in the world around them and they start to ask a different question they start to ask the question, why not me? God, why don't you just go ahead and use me to make an impact that will change the world? And when you are willing to ask the question, why not me? Instead of saying, not me, now you can take one step forward. And I promise you, that small step The Lord will meet you. The power of the Holy Spirit will start to work through you. And that small step will change the world. I asked my friend, Kenny Thomas, who's a Nashville musician, if he'd be willing to start doing a little bit of music for our church from time to time. And I asked him this Sunday if I could use one of his music videos to try to drive this point home. So I want you to hear Kenny's thoughts on what happens when a person starts to ask the question, why not me? instead of simply saying, not me.
1: We know what you're thinking, choose someone else instead. But this league was built on coaches who stood right there and said, not me, not me. No way with this job of mine, I could never find the time. Someone stands and leads the way, steps forward when they'd rather say not me. The judge says you're the oldest, makes you the legal guardian. I'm sorry how you lost your folks, but there's no next of kin. Two brothers and a sister. how hard that it would be, but she softly said, I'll raise them, while the voice inside her screamed, not me, not me. I can't believe what's happening. This isn't how it's supposed to Someone stands and leads the way, steps forward, but they'd rather say not me. A young captain at attention, a star pin on his chest, he recalls the battle. While the final roll calls are read they were the finest soldiers it was my privilege to lead they deserve the medals men who died not me not me not me, not me. i just did Do the same if it was you, not me, not me. But this world becomes a better place when someone stands and leads the way. Steps forward when they'd rather say, not me. Yeah, steps forward when they'd rather say, not me.
0: I love that guy like a brother, not because of his skills as a musician, but because he was one of those guys on the battlefield next to me in Mogadishu, Somalia, fighting right next to us. I have this vision for Two Cities Church, and it's people that are looking at the world around them and saying, God, I used to be the kind of guy or the kind of gal that says not me, it's not my fault, God, it's not my problem, but now I start to sense your Uh, power in my life. God, now I start to sense your plan for bringing your kingdom to planet Earth. And God, now I'm asking a very different question. Now I'm asking the question, why not me? Why not use me? I'm praying that God would raise up a thousand men and women all over the world who would say, why not me, God? Why not use me? And I want to challenge you to respond to Amos chapter 6. You're not responding to me. You're not responding to this church. You're actually responding to the Holy Spirit of the living God. But maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, uh, I don't think that things are that bad in my life, Jeff. I don't, I don't really feel like I've ever got to the point in my life where I desperately needed God the way that you're talking about today. And maybe today you need God, to do a heart transplant for you. Maybe what you need is a miracle of the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to come and to take a dead heart and to make it start to beat for the first time and make your heart start to live for the glory of God instead of for your own power, instead of for your own strength. In just a moment, I'm going to pray for you, for those Christians that are watching this, God's sons and daughters, who are looking at the problems and the mess around you and you're saying, I don't even know where to start. I have a challenge for you. Would you just make one step forward this week? Would you just say, I, it'll, it, maybe it's very simple. I don't even know if this will make much of a difference, but I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to make a phone call to an elected official. I'm going to send a blog, or better yet, I'm going to reach out to my neighbor who I know is far from Jesus, and I'm just going to try to make a difference, but it won't matter if the Holy Spirit is not working through me. So, Holy Spirit, here I am. I'm willing to take the first step. Would you meet me? Would you use me? Would you work through me this week? And would you make a huge difference, a world of difference? Because you're doing it, not me. Would you just bow right there where you're at? Let's say a prayer. And if the spirit of the living God is speaking to you right now, would you respond to him as he's speaking to your heart? Father, I pray for Christians first. For people like me and other sons and daughters that you're um, representatives here on earth, God, would you use us, especially this Easter season, to get passionate about people that are far from us and really want to make an impact in our community? God, would you use us to make a difference? And Father, would you make it abundantly clear to us and everybody around us that you're doing this? It's not us doing it in our own power. God, would you do through us what you wanted to do through Israel in Amos chapter 6, but Israel just wasn't willing or wasn't listening. But Father, I really pray that somebody's tuned into this broadcast, and right now they're examining their heart, and they're realizing, uh uh-oh, there's a problem, and it's a heart level problem, and I can't blame it on anyone else, and I also cannot fix my heart. God, my heart is cold. It's dead, and I can't change it maybe right there in their living room, or maybe they're in this room, they would cry out to you and they would say, God, I need you to do a miracle. Jesus, I need you to rescue me from me. I need you to change me and to turn me into a new man or a new woman from the inside out. If that's how you feel in your heart right now, I'm going to ask you to just simply cry out a prayer of faith. There's no magic in these words. Would you just simply say, God, I am a sinner and I can't Fix these problems in my heart. I can't make my sin go away. Only you can do that. And so God, right here, right now, for the first time ever, I am surrendering to you heart and body and soul. You are my king. You call the shots in my life from this point forward. God, I am trusting you with my future. And I will do whatever you ask me to do. I just got to know that you are with me. Father, would you do what only you can do and would you respond to that simple but honest prayer of faith and would you turn somebody into a new creature right now? And God, would you use them in very powerful ways for your kingdom? Father, I pray all of these things that in, each of, that in these prayer requests that your son Jesus would be glorified because it's in his name that we lift this up. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.